Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There is no wake up like the wake up that happens when you realize you slept through your alarm. It's that it's that shot of adrenaline that screws you up for the, for 24 hours. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. So I usually wake up 90 minutes before I have to leave for work, right? That allows me to get a workout in, to get a shower in, to eat my breakfast, you know, and I can, you know, it's not I, I, I don't do rushed mornings, really. I prefer to like, just do this and do this and do this. I usually wake up at 230. I usually leave my house at 4 a.m. Yesterday, I woke up at 3.57 all on my own. And I was like, now the good thing is no one called me to tell me I was late because I wasn't late. I just happened to, I slept through two alarms. Um, Well, your 2.30 alarm went off long enough that it woke me up and I was banging around on my nightstand. Like I actually had my phone in my hand and I was trying to shut off the alarm on my phone. Yeah, because you're like, what's buzzing? At 2.30... And then I then I just obviously fell back asleep ten seconds later, assuming that you yeah, and so did you apparently apparently well, so did I. What would happen if you overslept? Would anybody be able to get in touch with you? Is your ringer off at night? My ringer's off, but I have um, two or three people that are that I work with that are on my. Um, it's, oh, the VIP list things? Yeah, so basically, and you're on it too. So basically, if anyone on my favorites calls me more than twice, it like rings, in yeah. a row, yeah, it'll start ringing to wake me up. So yeah, that fortunately, knock on wood, has not happened yet. And I cannot believe that, you know, I got ready and I didn't get to work out, but I did get showered breakfast in my lap. I ate on the way to work, but I had, I got myself together and to work on time and I got myself ready in 12 minutes. Nice work. I mean, I woke up at 357, 412, I was out the door and I was like showered in out the door. So I'm really proud of myself. But here's the thing. When you wake up with adrenaline or you have adrenaline first thing in the morning, and this is my theory, you always get to a point in your day where you're exhausted because the adrenaline's worn off. And yep. I think your body just is like, hey, we ran a marathon this morning. But I'm like, no, we didn't. We just slept through our alarm. I don't know if this is a compliment or an insult, but the only time that I overslept in my radio career, at least in Atlanta, I may have overslept before that, but in Atlanta, the only time I overslept, none of my coworkers called to wake me up. And the reason they said that they didn't call to wake me up is because I had never overslept. So they just assumed that I had a day off that they forgot about that. Oh my gosh, that's funny. But but I was so hurt. I'm like, I woke up at eight in the morning or whatever, you know, two hours into the show, maybe even an hour into the show. Oh my gosh, whoever overslept adrenaline. Then I look at my phone, no missed calls. Not even a text message. That's so weird. Nothing. And I was so insulted 
But then when they explain, they're like, dude, you are never late. You never oversleep. You never nothing. But that's the reason to call someone. Like I called someone. Um, but they did. They thought it was, they, they assumed it was their mistake. They didn't want to wake me up on my day off. That's the worst. Right. I, um, I called a, a coworker cause we intercept each other at the same time, almost every day. And it was like 20 minutes off one day. And I called her and she answered. She's, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm just, just making sure you didn't oversleep. And she's like, no, but thank you so much. I was thinking of you and thinking that you were going to be like, is she okay? <laughs> Plus in the middle of the night, you know, I feel like you kind of owe it to your coworkers to call make sure they're safe. Just, you know, driving in, in the middle of the night is interesting. The upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. This episode is brought to you by Dinner Affair. If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. My name is Jeff Dollar, and today I am grateful for new life experiences. My name is Callie Dollar, and I am grateful for good moods for absolutely no reason. I am sorry, that was my gavel. I I, I put it away because you know I'm not using it today, so I accidentally um you, you know, bumped it. I accidentally hit it with my arm. Okay, I'm done. First uh, disclaimer: you could have just blamed that on Ellie, but just our disclaimer that we issue whenever Ellie is in the room in the studio, we there's a baby in the studio. So if you hear weird noises or thuds, it's not us. Well, it might be, it might be Callie and her new gavel, but it's probably Ellie. It's probably Ellie. She likes to explore things. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, every year on this date, share my keep moving forward story because this is the ninth anniversary of my triathlon. That's why I said I was grateful for new life experiences because I have never been other than like little league baseball. I have never been an athlete or done anything athletic. And nine years ago, I decided to compete in a triathlon. And if you don't know a triathlon, did you, was today the day that you ran it or that you were selected for it? Today's the day I raced it. Okay. So, or ran it. So the, um, a triathlon, if you don't know, is three sports, all you do them all in succession. First you swim, then you bike, then you run. And I was not, I, when I started the process, I thought I was a swimmer, like, because I could be floating around in a lake and I could get back to the boat to get a fresh beer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that to me counted as swimming. Or if I was at somebody's pool, backyard pool, or like a, a hotel, like a resort pool or something, I could get from one end to the other. That's That does not make you a swimmer. That, right. That makes you buoyant. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So I, I had to learn to swim, then learn to swim competitively, then learn to swim in the ocean competitively. Um, I had never ridden a, a bike other than like a kid riding a bike somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like I'd never ridden a bike that my, where my feet had to be clipped in. Um and I never run long distances. So every aspect of the triathlon was brand new to me. And during that process, I learned 
the greatest life lesson that I will ever learn. And on the anniversary of the race, I like to share that lesson as a reminder to everyone to keep moving forward. And I like that you tell this every year because here's the thing. Every year, I feel like it impacts someone differently. And the per- there's going to be a person that didn't need to hear it last year that was kind of like halfway listening. And this year, it might change their life. And I think it, it also serves as a great reminder. Like there's certainly times where I forget about this mantra and have to be reminded of it. And so, so I think there's a good chance that even if you've heard this story before, you're going to hear it again and go, oh, yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. how I have to live my life. So when I did the triathlon, the, the training for it and then competed in it, it was a really weird time in my life. I was going through a divorce, which I never expected, never expected to be, you know, getting divorced, but I was. And... I just wasn't feeling myself. Like I wasn't going out. I wasn't being social. Like in retrospect, it was very, I was the pandemic before the pandemic. You were a trendsetter. (laughs) Yeah, I was. Ahead of your time. I was setting the groundwork for only eating delivery foods and never leaving your house. Right. Because I had a little condo and I would just hang out in the condo. I would get food delivered. I mean, I, I survived on delivery pizza, delivery Chinese food and delivery Jimmy John sandwiches. Like that was it for, for a whole year. And I needed something to snap me out of it. And the triathlon was it. And I was in a training session in May. I had not really taken the training seriously until that point, until we were actually, it was, I, in, we went to the Ironman course in Hawaii, the group that I did this triathlon with, we went to the Ironman course in Hawaii and we were training there and I got to swim in the ocean and I got to cycle on like the hilly roads and stuff. I'm like, wow, this is, I got to step it up. So my mind was already like, holy crap, you, you might fail at that. This is hard. Like you really got to step it up. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the different elements of the race. And my coach's name was April. And we were all sitting on the floor around April. And she was talking specifically about transition. And in a triathlon, transition is the space between swimming in the ocean or the lake or the pool, wherever you do your water sport or your triathlon, the swimming to the cycling. And then there's another transition between the cycling and the running. And April was explaining to us how she does transition. She sets her bike up ahead of time so that within two minutes of coming out of the water, she is on her bike pedaling toward the doing the cycling portion of the, of the race. Cause the clock doesn't stop. You know, when you come out of the right. water, like it, it's not like they're hitting pause on the race. And then it starts again. When you get on your bike, the clock is still ticking. So her strategy is to get out of the water as quickly as possible. She already has her shoes clipped into the pedals of her bike. She has her stuff lined up on her towel in the order that she's going to use it. So she just kind of 
runs by, scoops it all up, gets dressed as she's jogging her bike to the to the cycle start, jumps on her bike and off she goes. Two minutes. Mm-hmm. Then she told us about somebody else who comes out of the water, jogs up to where their bike is. They they bring a like one of those Home Depot five gallon paint buckets yeah. with all their stuff in it. They dump their stuff out. They flip the bucket over. They use a hand towel to dry off their feet. They might put some like powder or some some stuff to prevent it blisters from happening on their feet. Put their socks on. Put their shoes on. They might have an energy gel or a candy bar or something to give them a boost of energy. Dry off their hair. Put their pull their swim cap off. Whatever. And then they might even sit there for two minutes and like visualize the next part of the race. And it takes them 10 minutes from the time they get out of the water to the time they get on their bike. So April, two minutes, this other person, 10 minutes. And what she said was both of those are absolutely correct because what they have in common is during the entire process, you are still competing in the race you are still moving forward. And as long as you keep moving forward, it doesn't matter how fast or slow you go, you're still in the race. It's when you stop and take yourself out of the race that bad things start to happen. So no matter what, and no matter how you feel, and no matter how beat up and run down and and challenged you are, Always keep moving forward because that keeps you in the race. And she said that and it floored me because I realized that my life, I had taken myself out of the race. I was not moving forward. I was not doing something every day or every week to make myself a little bit better than I was the day or the week before I had completely stopped. And, and you're talking about emotionally, physically, everything. Yeah. You just professionally, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, um, you were just I, existing. I was a bad friend to people. I was, it was just, bleh. I was, everything was just, bleh, right. And when she said, Keep moving forward, no matter how fast or slow you're going, just keep moving forward because then you're still in the race. It was like, it was like the, the light switch turned on and the light was as bright as the sun. I realized that I had to get back in the race and that became my mantra. Keep moving forward, no matter how fast or how slow you go, keep moving forward. And here's Here are the facts associated with moving forward. If you want to become a runner and you want to run a marathon, if you go out tomorrow, if you didn't run today at all, but your goal is to run a marathon, if tomorrow you go outside and you run for 20 seconds, you're doing better tomorrow. You did better tomorrow than you did today. And the day after that, if you run for 30 seconds, then you run for 30 seconds every day for a week, and then you run for one minute a day for a week. The, all of those little tiny actions add up 
and improve upon themselves exponentially. And you'll be able to run a marathon a lot faster than you think if you commit to just running for 30 seconds tomorrow. Um, I used the example when I first talked about this nine years ago. Um, I remember using using uh, this example when I talked about it on the radio, and I had multiple people call and tell me that this change this blew their mind and it changed the way that they operate, and that and they ended up quitting smoking. If you smoke t- uh, ten cigarettes a day, don't try to quit. Don't try to quit completely tomorrow, and then. Be mad at yourself for failing and take yourself out of the race. Just smoke only nine cigarettes tomorrow. Just cut one of them out. And if every week or two you eliminate just one cigarette, in two months you're done smoking. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's true too. I mean, we're talking about, you know, physical things, but on the emotional side of that, I think that's applicable to divorce. And I haven't been divorced before, but I've heard enough of your story, Jeff, and have enough friends that have been through it. And I think there are days where you, when you're in the middle of something like that, you, you cannot see Ellie and I on the other side of that. You know what I mean? Like when you were going through your divorce, like I'm, there are people that I know, friends that I have that I love so much that are like, I'm not okay at all. I won't be okay. I'm not going to be okay. I don't know how I'll get through this. I don't know how I'll survive without this person. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, my, my finances are crazy. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. And miraculously, 10 years later, here you are. Everything's great. Everything is great. With a loud little person in our studio. (laughs) So you don't, my point is with that is even in the middle of emotional experiences or points in your life where you don't know what the next week looks like. Right. You don't have to for it to eventually be okay. All you have to do is wake up the next day. And I think that you brought up divorce, but I think that applies to so many things. That applies to any life transition. That applies to losing someone you you love to to death. If somebody dies Mm -hmm. that that, um, you are grieving, um, you will survive that as long as you just focus on the next 24 hours and you get through 24 hours at a time and you commit to be brighter for, for one second of the next day than you were today. And I think the, um, it, it applies to getting fired from a job. It applies to starting a business, to I starting mean, a business, we, to losing, to, lo- to having a business fail and losing everything. Yeah. We, um, I think we kind of live this every single day. And the truth is, I mean, our, our business is going really well. We're two years into it at this point, but do we know where we're going to be in 10 years? No. Do we have any idea how we're going to get there or what that road looks like? Absolutely not. But you choose to wake up the next day and make one step in the right direction of where you want to be. And that's good enough. Yep. And, um, you know, you should know that, know that sometimes waking up, getting out of bed and leaving the house to go get coffee, that might be enough. That we are not talking about the end game. We're talking about one baby step at a time. And um, that those bite-sized chunks make things a little more bearable because you can. 
you can get to the other side of whatever it is that is standing in front of you. So remember that. I hope it helps you as much as it helped me. If you've heard the story before, thanks for hearing it again. Um, if this is your first time uh, hearing it, I hope it I hope it has the same exact impact on you that it did me. Just keep moving forward. Stay in the race. Any motion forward keeps you in the race, and that's where you need to be. All right, I'm going to take a hard turn here into something a lot lighter, but I need your advice because I feel like my view is like tainted and a little judgy, so I need to know how I should handle this. One of my girlfriends calls me last weekend to tell me that she is going on a date, and I am so happy for her. Love her. Think she's amazing. I am a champion for her finding love. All about it, right? Yes. Then she tells me, hey, we found out in the course of talking that, um, you know, before we go out that we have a mutual friend and it's you. And so I was like, oh. How did she meet the person? Online. Like, and you know, I guess like you talk before you go on a date or whatever. I don't know, but like on a match.com or a hinge or something? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's totally random that you guys are, that you're the mutual yeah, it wasn't oh, okay. like they didn't meet on like Facebook or something. Got it. But I guess they just started talking about things they have in common. And they're like, oh, yeah. Anyways, so they both know me. And she mentions this to me and doesn't ask what I think or anything. Here's the thing. I worked with him and I don't like him. Like in business, I just find him really irritating and I, so that's the business side of it. I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's just one of those people that I, I don't know if you've ever had meetings with people like this, where you're just like, I just can't be around you. Like you just irritate me. So there's that. And I happen to know that he cheated on his ex fiance. Oh. So I'm like, do hmm. I, do I say something now? Because I know my friend. And if I tell her that she will not go out with him. Like, she'll be like, yeah, because that is a- Can I ask about, time, like, the work stuff? If it was just the work stuff, I could, I, I don't think you say anything because I know people who put on, like, tough Have, fronts. like, a work persona? Yeah, they have a work persona. I used to work with somebody, and it, he, he was such a jerk to work with. But if you could get him out on, a, on a, like, a Friday night or something and have a couple beers with him, greatest guy on the planet. Yeah. So much fun. So the work stuff, the non-issue. The personal stuff, how long ago did the infidelity take place? Um, It was probably- More or less, was it within the past three years or was it longer than that? Longer. It was longer than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And- Because if it was recent- then I would say, yes, you should bring it up for two reasons. One, infidelity. Two, um, rebound. Well, the reason that I'm struggling with it, because I would say ordinarily, no. Like, I would not say anything because that's up to them to tell. And who am I to bring it up? You know what I mean? It was a long time ago. And if they want to tell that part of their relationship, it's not my job to meddle. It's his job to be honest with her. Here's the thing, though. Her number one relationship thing that she does not tolerate, like her no-fly zone, is cheating. Is loyalty. Is loyalty. I mean, that is her hmm. one thing that she's like, I will not budge on this if, like, I do not tolerate cheating. And 
So I don't know. It's like, I, I want her to, you know, I want to support her quest for love and maybe she'll go out with him and she won't even like him. And then it just won't be a thing, you know? But at the same time, I'm like, do I tell her ahead of time Man, that I know that about him? Like, I. That is such a tough, that is so tough. Because, uh, I mean, really, because I have nothing against the guy. Like, I don't know him well enough to really have an opinion on him. I just know that fact. And I know she doesn't like it. And something you need to consider is if you don't tell her and th- let's say they date for six months and that relationship ends and she finds out that you knew. Right. Then you're a bad friend, right? Right. Right. So I don't know what to do. Anyway, if you would like to weigh in and let me know if I should keep it to myself, let it go. Or if I need to bring it up out of loyalty to my friend, 800-434-5454. I would like to give a suggestion to every tailgater listening to the upside right now, to every college football fan, to every football fan. If you will be celebrating big on football weekends, then you need to have liquid IV in your arsenal. It is a hangover angel. One stick of liquid IV mixed with a glass of water the next morning works wonders. And you can even have it before you start drinking because it's going to load your bloodstream up with hydration, with more vitamin C than an orange, as much potassium as a banana. And it's going to speed you to recovery faster than you can say touchdown comes in a bunch of delicious flavors and it's so convenient you can keep it in your purse keep it in your pocket keep it in your glove compartment one stick of liquid iv in one tall glass of water you'll be as good as new in no time you can get liquid iv delivered right to your doorstep and save 25 percent off by going to liquidiv.com and use the code upside at checkout that's liquidiv.com the code is upside at checkout you can also get liquid iv in bulk nationwide at costco that's 25 percent off anything you order at liquidiv.com promo code upside when you check out if you have multiple credit cards and you find yourself overwhelmed listen up did you know that you can actually roll all of your credit card debt into one monthly payment at a lower fixed interest rate Lower your interest rate and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at a 5.93% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. Plus, the rate is fixed, so it will never go up over the life of the loan. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are absolutely no fees. And you can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Just for Upside listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash upside. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash upside. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.93% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash upside for more information. Let's talk about meat. Let's talk about meat that gets delivered right to your doorstep. Imagine Halloween, but instead of little tiny candy bars, you're getting delicious 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, humanely raised pork, wild-caught 
lobster tails and Alaskan salmon. Wait there on your doorstep. It's all possible with ButcherBox. ButcherBox, you go to their website, butcherbox.com slash upside. You sign up and then you pick your delivery frequency. Callie and I get a custom box delivered once a month. Exactly what we love to eat. But they also have four curated box options. They do the thinking for you. They're going to ship the order frozen at peak freshness and packed in a 100% recyclable box right to your door trick or treat, or should I say trick or meat. Shipping is always free. You're going to enjoy great tasting, high quality meat delivered right to your door with ButcherBox. And right now they got a great deal happening. Free ground beef for life. Imagine never having to buy ground beef again. It's possible. Go to butcherbox.com slash upside. New members get free ground beef for life. Two pounds of ground beef in every order for the life of your membership. Once again, that's butcherbox.com slash upside to grab your free beef. Thank you to ButcherBox for being a longtime partner of The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Today's quote of the day is, Great people are those who make others feel that they too can become great. Here are today's three random things brought to you by Brown and Company Jewelers. I think that Japan Airlines needs to win all the prizes. An Emmy Award, a Pulitzer, a Nobel Peace Prize, <laughs> Presidential Medal, Medal of Freedom, all of it. Because they now give travelers a way to see whether or not the passenger sitting on either side of them is a child. Oh, impressive. So if you are trying to get on a plane and just get some sleep and have an unbothered flight, whatever, uh, the last thing you want to be sitting next to is a two-year-old who is either going to scream or, or play peekaboo the whole time or whatever. Uh, so you can check that ahead of time with Japan Airlines. Uh, number two of my three random things. Callie, do you remember what you got for your 16th birthday, gift-wise. Were you one of those kids who got a car? <laughs> no? no? Okay. No. Uh, no, I don't remember. I can't recall. So you didn't get something huge? Not that I remember it. Like I did. I'm. You know I'm going to get a text from my parents being like, Ugh. But a car, a car is typically the huge 16th. Yeah, no, present. I didn't get a car. Okay. Um, do you know who Rick Ross is? The rapper? Yeah. Okay. Um, he gave his 16 year old son a Wingstop. What's a Wingstop? A restaurant called Wingstop. <laughs> I thought it was a car. No, he gave. Like, what's a Wingstop? That must be so fancy. I've never heard of it. He gave him a Wingstop franchise. Shut up. Yeah. So the kid. For 16. Yep. You mean he gave. Ellie's already demanding. Ellie's she, like, I want a Wingstop like, for my first birthday. She's like, I turn one in November. Let me get a Zaxby's. So technical question. So does that just mean he gets the money and the proceeds from that? Or is he like actually in charge of running it? I don't know. I'm sure. Rick Ross, I'm sure they have, I think Rick Ross owns other restaurants. Like, I think he's invested his okay. earnings. So I'm sure they have a team to run it. So they're like, this but one it, can be yours. But it's in his son's name. And he wrote uh, today on Instagram, he goes, today my son became the owner of his first Wingstop franchise. You're now officially a boss. You know, P.S., I don't actually think that's 
super weird. Let me tell you why for someone that has multiple franchises. Cause I feel like people gift other people's stocks and stuff like that. I think it's a great gift. I think so it's, it's better. Like, Cause that would help if it does well, right? It helps his. Yeah. Like financial it's portfolio. An inv- like it's an investment. So like yes. if somebody gifts you a stock, no matter if it's like $10 or whatever, like that. Well, stock is a little bit different because I don't think stock affects your, I don't know. Anyways, I think that's a smart gift. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant gift. The only downside is that every friend of Rick Ross's son is going to be like, hey, man, hook me up with some wings. Let's go. Hook me up. Yeah. Can I get unlimited soda? How how does this work? We're friends now. Especially as a 16-year-old boy. Can you imagine? Uh Uh-huh. And uh, Chuck the cat went missing in California in the year 2011. Do I know who Chuck is? Is he a celebrity cat? Nope. Uh, he's just a, a cat that went missing in um, California in 2011. And he just showed up in Allen, Texas. What? Yep. Uh, the family moved to Colorado in 2020. So they drove from Colorado to Texas to pick up Chuck. The cat was microchipped and somebody took him to a vet. The vet scanned him and was like, yep, here's the owner's. And, and we're able to track the owners down to Colorado. And so the cat was missing for 10 years. Someone needs to invent, cheaply invent, like for the everyday consumer, a tiny little GoPro right. that fits on the collars of pets. So for things, I mean, obviously they would have found him before now, but how much would you love to see what that cat went through in 10 years? Oh my years? gosh, how great would that like be? Like what it saw, maybe it even like, lived with people for like two months at a Uh time, you know, like who knows? He could have like, he could have lived with the family. Somehow he got from California to Texas. Mm -hmm. So he either hitched a ride on like a, a a 18 wheeler or something, or a family in California found him and then they moved to Texas. Boo. He's been missing for 10 years. It's like homeward bound. He could have walked the whole way. (laughs) He could be, what's his name? Curtis. What's the cat's name? Whatever. Oh, it, Chuck. He, Chuck. It could have been like a Chuck's great adventure. And every day he just get, got a little further to Texas. And he's like, I just want to see the world. And if that's the case, he's actually annoyed that he got to Texas and somebody interrupted his right. trip. He's like, oh, he's like, I, I was on my way to Florida. I heard about the beach. Why? Oh, I'm, I'm halfway there. Right. I want to go to Disney World and see this giant mouse I've heard about. Right. And those are my three random things. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Today's episode was brought to you by Dinner Affair, the official meal kit for families. Visit dinneraffair.com slash upside for your exclusive discount. Please visit callieandjeff.com to find lots more upside content and subscribe to Callie and Jeff's weekly email, The Pick Me Up. I have a challenge for you, Callie, for, uh, for like over the next week or two. Okay. I would like you to a couple times between now and the end of the month to prepare chicken on the stovetop. Oh, 
That's stress. I mean, my I think my blood pressure just rose you saying that. Chicken on the stove stresses me out like nobody's business. Are you afraid that you're going to undercook it? Is that it? No, I'm impatient. And to cook chicken really well on a stove, you have to have it at a low heat for a long time. And my patients just can't handle it. So without fail, I start it low and then I get bored and I turn it up to be like, oh, I'm going to do a quick finish. And then it ruins the whole thing. The key is, the trick is, if you put it on the stove and turn the heat on low, Make that one of the first things that you do in preparation of the meal and then like go boil your pasta, you know, mix up your bag salad, whatever, whatever other stuff that you need to do while the chicken slowly is cooking on the stove because then you're like distracted. Here's the problem with distracting someone with ADHD. Then I'll forget about it. (laughs) Then it will burn. You'll be the only person to burn chicken to a crisp with the stove on the lowest possible setting. That, that is actually what's going to happen. I was feeling like some of y'all out there, you got dreams, but you're feeling like you just don't believe in yourself. Well, honey, if you don't believe in you, it's going to be so hard for other folks to believe in you. So you know what I want you to do today? I want you to start telling yourself that you can do anything you put your mind to. You got some books to write. You got some songs to sing. You got some inventions to invent. (laughs) You going out there and have yourself a good day. I believe in you.